You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, everybody. Buenas noches, familia. Good to see everybody. This is Robert Carrillo coming at you from Metro Vision Studios, and I am your substitute teacher tonight. Um, Reese is in the middle of wrapping up his finals and papers and all that kind of stuff, so please keep him in your prayers. But it's great to be together. It's great to see you, at least in my mind, in my heart, and it's great to be uh, be able to connect tonight. Um, We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. we're getting ready. You know, it's Christmas. It, you know, the, the you see the little flowers. I got my red shirt on. We're, we're trying to get in the Christmas spirit. And, and I think all of us, we're getting in that mode now. We put up our, our lights the other day. And um, I hope you're getting ready for Christmas. And Christmas is a is a interesting time of the year. In one sense, it's really fun. You know, and there's just kind of a holiday spirit and a lot of cool stuff. And Normally, you know, you get all the family together, you hang out, we all Christmas parties and all this kind of stuff, but not this year, right? This is a little bit different, you know, and, and, um, and I think it's a great time for Christians, especially to be different in this different time of year. You know, if you, if you, if you look at, at the statistics, there's a lot of crazy statistics about Christmas. There's, uh, almost 33 million Christmas trees get chopped down for Christmas. How sad is that? That's an entire, that's a, that's like a huge forest, you know, that's just boom, wiped out for Christmas. Um, and Americans spend an average of $123 on their spouses. I know that probably challenges some of us and probably makes some of us feel guilty. Um, there's over 22% of Americans, uh, that their Christmas spending will leave them in debt. One in five of us will end up in debt because of Christmas shopping. Uh, 30% of the people who went into debt plan to pay it back with their tax returns, but almost as many have no idea how they're going to get out of debt. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's like 100 million people going into debt and, and hoping they'll be able to pay it off with their tax returns, and a lot of them will not be able to, of course. And, you know, in general, 2020 will be a difficult Christmas for millions of people. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and we've, we've all seen how the Grinch stole Christmas, you know, which is a great little story, you know, about little Cindy who, um, figuring out what the meaning of Christmas is and what it's all about. And, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a great movie to watch because it's a, it's a great point, right? We have to be careful that, that we don't miss the point of Christmas. That the, why, why do we have this season? Why do we, go shopping and all that kind of stuff, which a lot of that stuff we're not going to do this year. And, and what are, how are we going to celebrate Christmas this year? Maybe we need to keep in mind the real meaning of this season. What is the reason for the season, right? And the answer to that is Jesus is the reason for the season, right? That we all know that, right? So we just got to be careful. We don't get caught up in all the hoopla of spending and buying and, and, and commercialization of Christmas. And I want to encourage us all to just make sure that we're remaining in Jesus, that we're, that we're keeping Jesus in mind, right? That we're, as the Bible says, abiding in him. I love that word. It's an old word, abiding. You know, John 15 talks about abiding in the Lord. And that's a great, great thought. 
So I want to tell you just a little story tonight, and then we'll break up into our groups. I want to tell you about a disciple, one of our brothers. I'm not going to tell you his name, though, because um, I don't want to give it away too soon, and I don't want certain people to figure it out at all, right? So I'll tell you about it. So this is a brother. He was a kingdom kid. He came from a kingdom family. His uncle was an elder. His parents were Christians. Uh, they were a, a, a rather wealthy wealthy family from Greek descent um, was their background. They didn't live in Greece, but they're from Greek descent. Uh, when his parents passed, he inherited everything. I mean, he got a lot of money. He became very wealthy instantly when his parents passed away. But the really cool thing is that Growing up a kingdom kid, aware of Jesus and knowing about Jesus, he was very inspired by Jesus, and he was equally very disturbed by what he saw was happening in the city. And he saw the street kids out there. He saw women that were that were being trafficked. Trafficked, you know, uh, all that you know. Even back then, in his time, um, they were being trafficked all over the world. Um, he he saw the plight of kids, kids being hungry on the streets. Women being desperate and having to sell themselves in prostitution just to survive, and and he was a man of action. He was he was a guy that wanted to do something, and he used his wealth to go out and help people, um, and he became very famous, actually, uh, very well known even in his lifetime, um, and ended up his legacy has now had a global impact. I mean, this this brother had a huge impact. From his example, and to this day, there are many groups that are inspired to help orphans, to help kids on the street, to help women in human trafficking that have been inspired by his deeds, by what he did. Um, he was, more detail, a fourth-century disciple. He was your brother. He followed Jesus. He was born in about 270 A.D. on March 15th, according to the Julian calendar, at least. He was born in a, in a town called Patera, or a city called Patera. This is an Asia, well, back then it was called Asia Minor. Today it would be called Turkey. Um, he died in 343 AD on December 6th. That's why he's kind of fresh on my mind. Um, uh, December 6th, there are festivals in different parts of the world celebrating his life. Uh, he died at the age 73, lived a long, happy life. He was five feet, six inches tall. So wasn't the tallest guy. Didn't, wasn't the biggest guy, but he had the biggest heart. And because of his heart, he had a huge impact. Um, his parents, as I said, were disciples of Jesus. Their names were Epiphanius. Love that name. How'd you name your kid that, huh? Epiphanius and Joanna, or Joanna. We do know some kids named Joanna, right? Um, in 290, he was actually imprisoned as a Christian and tortured. And this was part of the great persecution of the emperor Diocletian. Um, they, somebody had done actually an autopsy and his nose was all busted up and, and, and it had been healed. Everything they knew was part of, he had scars from his time of torture in prison. In 325, he attended the Council of Nicaea. Now, if you know anything about history, about church history, that is like one of the biggest events in the history of the church. That's, that's the time where all the church leaders all over the world got together and they made some major decisions about what is 
what is correct, what is the truth. Because by that time, by 325 AD, there was a lot of false teachings, false ideas, and people were writing gospels and calling, you know, the gospel of Thomas, the gospel of Mary, the gospel of James. They're coming up with all these fake gospels. So the, all the leaders got together, and there were literally hundreds of leaders from around the world, and they determined what was what were the true gospels, the two le- true letters from the Bible, and threw out and you know got rid of all the other ones. And they also clarified some very important points, like who is Jesus, the Trinity, things that we now just we know and believe is a fact because it was correct, but. There was confusion at that time. He played a a big part in that. Actually, there's some really funny stories that I don't have time to go into about what he did at this conference. Very passionate individual, very, very driven, very, uh, passionate is probably the best word. He, he was, he was probably the life of the party kind of guy, very outgoing and very action oriented. He got a lot done. I mean, he was eventually, uh, appointed as a, a bishop, which back then what a bishop was, was every church had elders and the elders uh, would, would all come together and they would point a president elder or a lead elder and that person would be called the bishop. And the name is in Greek, episkopoi. It means the shepherd, the lead. They would appoint him the lead shepherd. And um, he became the bishop of Myra. And that was funny. He was actually still pretty young when he became bishop. Um, they had prayed that the next person who walked through the door as a group of, of elders would be the bishop of the area. And this brother, I almost said his name, oops, um, walked in and they appointed him the bishop of Myra, which is the regional episcopoi, the regional area. And, um, and you know, his reputation continued to, continued to spread. He had a reputation for fighting for justice, he stood up to for several people who were falsely accused and, you know, courts that were paid off to just find them guilty. And he went in there and raised a big ruckus and raised a big storm of everything of how wrong this was. Um, he defended children. He defended women, tried to get them out of out of human trafficking. He was always very aware of helping the poor and very active in helping the poor. His example, like I said, it really impacted a lot of people and set a precedent for the church. I mean, he grew up at the t- in a time where the church was naturally very involved in helping the poor. And many of the members in the church were the poor. And for a lot of people don't know that the church established a lot of the social systems in cities. And because... Cities were a recent phenomenon. Before this, there were no major cities in the world. And, and well, I shouldn't say there weren't any, but, but there were only a few. And as cities grew and spread around the Roman Empire, um, obviously lots of social problems, especially with poverty, kids on the street, all that kind of stuff. The church had a huge impact in that, with that and set really the path for a lot of future social programs of how to help people. This brother was key in that, and he had a large impact in that. Um, so he was called the Bishop of Myra. Uh, one of the interesting things about this brother is he was a stylish dresser. Um, he wore a red cape, uh, or a red robe, I should say, not a cape. That sounds like Superman. Yeah, he wore a red robe, and kids knew him for his red robe. They would all know who he was. 
And he would go out there and he'd give food and he'd give clothing and he'd give them deeds and, and he would just take care of kids on the street. That was his ministry. And a lot of people followed his example and his fame just took off. I mean, he became famous in his region, then all over Eastern Europe, then all over the world. And here in the United States, he is super famous. What is his name? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you his name because I don't want any little ears in the room to be disillusioned or disappointed. Um, but his name became very famous. I'll tell you his name in, in Greek, but I won't say it because if I say it, then I'll give it away. But that's his name in Greek, which you're looking at right there. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you want to figure it out, I'll give you the clues you need. So if you take the letter new in Greek, looks like a V, change that to an N. The letter lambda, it looks like an L, change it to an L. Um, and the letter sigma, and change that to an S. Plug those letters in, and you got his name. It's, it's there, pretty, pretty obvious, pretty simple. You probably already figured out even without doing that. He was, in 1446, officially canonized as a saint. And you know, well, what were saints? Saints were disciples who did extraordinary things. And had a great impact. Um, and that's basically his life. He did extraordinary things for kids, for women, for homeless, for, for, uh, children all over in, in his area. And it, more than that, he inspired a lot of people to go out and do things in other cities, in other parts of the world, all around the world. And the cool thing is, he's just an, he was a kingdom kid. He's just somebody who learned about Jesus, was moved by Jesus, was inspired by Jesus, and went out and did things. And I love that because we have lots of people like that all around us, like Augustus, like Jerry, like like uh, uh, Latrice, and, and there's so many others. I mean, um, there's just so many brothers and sisters, and I don't, I, I should never start naming names because I'll forget somebody, um, but there's just a, lots of brothers out there and sisters that are out there serving and giving. And I appreciate so much the whole region, the whole church. Most everybody does something for somebody. And that's great. And that brings me back to, you know, the why. Why do we all do this? Well, because we fix our eyes on Jesus. Because we fix our thoughts on Jesus. Because we set our hearts on the above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And just as this brother was inspired by Jesus, moved by Jesus, so are we in the same way. No difference, even though he lived 1,600 years ago. But it's the same thing. It's the same Jesus, and it's the same Christianity. And so as we make our way through the next few weeks of Christmas, let's remember why we're doing what we're doing. Let's remember the reason for the season Let's remember Jesus. This whole year, our theme has been eyes on Jesus, right? And man, what a perfect theme for this year. So many things have happened the wrong way and the wrong thing throughout the year. And we've been able to keep our eyes on Jesus. In the sermons, in the discussion groups, in the lessons, in our quiet times, in memory scriptures, in so many different ways. And Honestly, you know, I think it's been hugely helpful. 
as the world has stressed out, as the world has gotten so angry and so upset for so many different reasons, and some of them good, some of them not good, and and you know the 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 the, the mess that the pol- political world has been, and now the fear of what's happening in the economy and what's going to happen. What a time to focus on Jesus, and this has been a lifesaver. You know, the world right now is, it's interesting to me, I've noticed there's, over the last 10, 15 years, there's been an explosion of books about Jesus. And I'm, and you know, you can see on the screen all these books of, about Jesus. And most of these have been written in the last 10 years or so. And so there's a few classics in there, but but for the most part, there's, there's and, and what that tells me is that even though I know that most of the world is pretty anti-Christian, not religion, not interested in church, not really even interested in religion, they are still interested in Jesus. And that's the good news. That's great because Jesus is what it's all about, right? This is what everything we're doing is about. Certainly the reason for the season. I want to recommend if, if, if you're looking for a book to read over the holidays, read the, the Jesus Habits. It's a great little book. It's just a little book uh, uh, on on what did Jesus do with his time and how did he live his life. And this is good for us because we're disciples of Jesus, right? So we're not just about believing in him. We're about living like him, being like him, following him, because that's what a disciple does, right? So this is a great book to help us be disciples, to help us be what we want to be. And this Christmas season, I really want to challenge us to just remain in him, or as the old Bible says, abide in Jesus, right? I love that word, abide, um, to, to, that we abide in him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness does not comprehend it. You know, this is, this is, this is the life in him. In him we live and move and have our being. We, we are in God. We are in Jesus. Let's remember that through this holiday season. Remember, it's not about the money we spend. It's not about the gifts we buy. It's about how we express our love to each other and holding up Jesus and remembering the reason for the season, remembering him and, and remembering that we are sent by him to be a light to this world. You are the light of the world. Let's remember that. Being in him means we're the light of the world. And boy, does our world need light right now. With all the junk going on, we need to be good examples. The Bible says no one, no one lights a lamp, places it under a bowl. No, instead they place it on a stand so it can give light to the whole house, right? So first of all, we just need to be a good light in our homes, with our kids, with our spouses, whoever else is living with us that we be a light in our homes. And he says, and let your good deeds shine so that the whole world may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so we have lots of opportunities that don't cost a dime. And the truth is the best gifts don't cost money. Love, encouragement, faithfulness, loyalty, support. None of those things cost any money. Those are things we can do. And we can express those. Handwritten cards, notes, texting, many, many ways. So let's remember the reason for the season 
and remember that we are the light and that we are in him this season. Now, for tonight, for our discussion groups, got a couple of questions for you. Now that you know one of the key figures of Christian history, and you know his name, what is the spirit of Christmas? That's our first question. Two questions. Number one, what is the spirit of Christmas? And number two, what can you do these next few weeks that doesn't need any money? What can you do to spread that spirit over the next few weeks? We see the life of our brother St. Nicholas, and we know his impact. And we know how he's celebrated to this day. What can we do? Love you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 